In this podcast, we have conversations about personal experiences with loss, grief, and unexplained spiritual encounters. Whether it's a dream, a visit, a vision, or a newfound life after loss, we believe life and love never dies. This is Surviving Death and Dying with Trisha and Misty. Welcome. When we lose someone we love, it can be unbearable. Yet we are still here, alive, and on this planet, and we have to find a way to carry on. We don't have to do it alone, but we do need to let ourselves experience the grief while also remembering the ones we love. Keeping those we've lost alive in our hearts can be done in so many ways. But no matter your religious beliefs, being open to signs, sensations, and visitation dreams can bring you peace and healing. And we love to talk about it. So today, we'd like to welcome a listener to our show, Rodney Dubay from the East Coast. Welcome, Rodney. Hi, thank you for having me. (laughs) You've got a great radio voice. So it's perfect. So Rodney, it's really good to have you. I first, we're, Trisha and I are curious to know what inspired you to reach out to us and want to share your stories. Well, I mean, to be honest, I have stories. So, and it's kind of one of these things where not many people want to openly talk about it. And for whatever reason that is, it could be they don't just feel comfortable. It makes them, I don't know, it makes them feel kind of whatever the thing is. But I thought, you know, I've got enough kind of things that have happened. I've made notes of it. And if anyone's willing to listen to me, I'm willing to share. So (laughs) it's simple as that. Who was it that you lost that where you relate to this topic? Uh, Both my parents have passed. Uh, My parents, uh, age-wise, were 16 years apart, 16 and a half years apart. My father passed at age 89 in 2002. And then uh, my mother passed away in 2016 on Mother's Day at age 86. Those were the, you know, obviously the the two main, you know, losses I've had in my life. My aunts and uncles, they're my father's brother and sister have passed. My mother's sister currently is still alive. She lives in Germany. My mother was, you know, my mother's German. She used to speak with a German accent the whole bit. Mein Rodney, how are you? Oh, the whole bit. And my dad was from New York and he used to talk in a big kind of new, let me tell you something. You need to clean your room, Rodney. I know, yeah. You know, he was always the um, the bad cop and she was the good cop kind of thing. You know, he always, you right. know, putting down the discipline. But as I grew up as a Lutheran, basic Christian, uh, my views on God and Jesus were of the basic sort of thing. You go to church, you sit in the pew, you fall asleep, you have coffee and talk to people afterwards. That was the whole plan of the day. Growing up, I never initially had any signs or any contact or reception right. until... My father passed. How old were you when he passed? I was 32. And like I said, as a child, I didn't have any imaginary friends or anything like that. So I had nothing, so to speak. He, uh, you know, of his age, he was 89. Basically, he died of kidney failure. That was the technical thing, you know, just being old and stuff, you know. He had dementia also. I dealt with family member with dementia. And I have to admit, working counter jobs and customer service, which things you don't really enjoy growing up doing, like, you know, I worked at the movie theater, you know, I worked for Circuit City, things like that. It totally prepared me for dealing with someone with dementia, because the first thing, (laughs) first thing is- It doesn't say much for the clients, but okay. (laughs) I know, but but for the first point, you know, the big thing, you're going to get the same question over and over and over again, and how not to let that affect you. So it allowed right. me to separate, you know, my dad, one day I counted it. He asked me what day it was, what time it was 17 times in a row. Wow. And I answered it the same way. Yeah. It's July 8th. It's a Thursday. Oh, yeah. okay. oh you asked me. Oh, 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 my head. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. sorry. And don't, don't worry about it. That's yeah. the hardest thing I found. My mom constantly asked me where I am now. 
And I yeah. have to tell her I'm in California and she's surprised every time. And at first I was angry. So it was first, like you said, realizing that you just, you know, I can't be angry at her. I just have to answer it. So yep. I've never related that to customer service. That's actually kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how I kind of was able to, to not have it like, you know, drive me nuts. Like, what's the matter with you? You know, Let it go. First of all, it's not their fault. No, it's right. not their fault. Right. And so they don't like being in that situation either. Right. So you have to let go of it. Now, the thing was, is that when that day when I was telling you, he asked me all these times, I happened to be visiting my brother in Michigan. So when we were going to Michigan, because my mother thought she was having a heart attack, and it turned out she just was so stressed out, she was you know, taking care of him. She went into the hospital. And I told her, I said, listen, why don't you go to Germany? And I'll take daddy up to up to Michigan. You know, I still called my parents mommy and daddy. It's just names to me, people. So you call them daddy. Yeah, I did. Okay. Just leave me alone. <laughs> so, yeah. but anyway, I took him on a plane to Michigan and whole time in the plane, he thought we were going to New York city because he worked in Manhattan and he kept looking. He's like, we going to New York. No, we're, we're going to, we're going to Michigan. Oh, what's in Michigan? Oh, my, you know, Roger, my brother. Oh, is he in New York? No, we're going to Michigan. <laughs> yeah, so, so, right, right. So, so this is what it, what it was. Right. You know, when we were there, we had, you know, we had dinner and some ice cream and he gets up from the table and he's like, well, I got to go. Oh, where, where are you going? I'm going home. Like, you, you can't. Don't you remember the, the plane ride? No. Oh, well, why don't you stay? Come stay. We're going to have ice cream. Oh, we're going to have ice cream. So I had to do <laughs> these sort of tricks to kind of, you know, let's play the Eat game. Them. Right. And so my brother, you know, we, my, he played piano all his life. I uh, started age five and it was because his uncle, my uncle used to play the piano in movie theaters as a silent, you know, the silent films. He was the piano guy. Oh, wow. And um, he would practice. Uh, they had a duplex in New Jersey, you know, out in um, New Jersey there. And, and so the kids would play under the window, listen to his uncle playing the piano. So he, he as a child, saw all these kids playing and he's like, oh, that's kind of cool. I want to do that. So yeah. Even in his dementia, he knew 34 songs by, by heart. Wow. So my brother had an electronic keyboard. And so I actually recorded him into the computer all his songs. That's I said, do me a favor, wow. go this one. And then this one. Yeah, what about the Russells of Spring? Oh, what? Oh, yeah, okay. And he, and he would crank right into it. But then again, he couldn't remember what day it was. Right. So, but I finally convinced him that we were in Michigan and this took about three or four days and I'm on a 10 day vacation with him. Right. So my brother was a territory sales guy and he um, would, you know, come home and he just want to, you know, he just wants to relax. And I've been home with him all day. And I'm like, we're going for a ride. He's like, no, I, I just got home. We're going for a ride. We got to get, we got to go out. We got to get out of here. So we go driving through the countryside, which my dad always loved, you know, those kind of rides <laughs> out of the blue. There was a nursery, you know, places where you buy flowers and trees and things. This nursery, out of two months out of the year, grows palm trees in the middle of Michigan. He's like, I told you we're in Florida. I'm like, oh, no, this time I got him. I'm in Michigan. Don't no. look at the palm trees. No. Don't look at the palm trees. Hey, at least he related the palm trees to a uh, state. Yeah. You know, that's the thing about when it comes to people with dementia. And I've got, a, you know, another friend that, that's dealing with it, with a parent. And I told him, I said, listen, it's a battle every day. Okay. No, no doubt. It's a battle every day. But the best you can handle it and the best you can kind of take it and roll with the punches, believe me, you're winning the war. And that's the most important thing. Exactly. So were you with him? So he had dementia and you were saying the loss of your dad was really important. Were you with him when you lost him or what was that experience well, like? Both my parents like to die. They both went privately, so to speak. We weren't, you know, we were there and then we left and, you know, then they, then they, they take off on their own. But anyway, uh, what had happened about, he died in July and this was October. So what, three or four months later, I was driving to work. I had this pitted, you know, real concern, like a real kind of, it was almost like a fear. And I was like, what happened to you? Where are you? 
And it just, it really knocked me out kind of thing. And I was really sad and a little depressed, not in the sense of, you know, I need medication or therapy, but that, you know, it's probably an argument in itself for a lot of people with me. But, but, you know, I just was really kind of, it really hit me really hard. You know, he's my, my dad. I mean, he was the kind of guy where, you know, he wasn't really your buddy growing up. But until you became a college man, you know, until I was grown up and I was not on drugs and wanted a job and all this sort of stuff, he was like, great, you grew up, you're handsome. It's good for you, kid. You know, he was then loving and great from that point on. But anyway, I went to sleep and I had this dream, which really was, uh, you know, you could tell I'm kind of, you know, taken back and by it. But basically what had happened was in the dream. I saw him again. And the thing was, my father had me at age 57. So when I saw him in this dream, he was translucent, kind of like, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi is in Star Wars. You know, you could see through him. He's all translucent. He looks happy as anything, the biggest smile on his face. He's glowing from the waist up. Everything from the bottom was a glow. He had no legs. And so... I went to go hug him. And when I stepped forward, I became light as well. I had no legs. Waist down was a glow. I couldn't even, there was no definition to it. And when I hugged him, I got to experience and see where he is and what he is feeling. And the thing was, is that he sees, or he, you know, what I was shown. He sees in a 360 degrees all the way around him. So if you're in the middle of the road and you pass the Wendy's or, or in and out burger out there in LA, the sign comes to you. Your eyes don't even work. It all receives into you. He likes, you know, my dad worked in Manhattan, you know, all his life. He likes cities. And so the best way of describing it, uh, what the city looked like, I've done the, uh, the road trip to LA from, you know, from the East coast and have gotten, you know, went West back. And as probably the, both of you know, being on the West coast, I don't know if you ever driven to Vegas, but if you go on I-10, you go over um, the Hoover dam and you almost think you're almost there. You know, you got a good another hour, wherever to go. And it, you go up this big hill and you see the Vegas Valley. And I saw it at nighttime and it was all lit up. And that's what I saw. I saw this massive thing of a light and like a city, you know, and and it was, and it just, I couldn't believe it. And then the next morning when I woke up, I felt every single ache and pain and vein and my pupils moving in and out in my body. And it felt awful. Like being in this thing feels awful. And what happens is over there, from what I'm kind of gathering from what I experienced through that dream, it's supercharged. You know, this thing of it's, there's the old saying we have, everyone's rest in peace, rest in peace. There is no resting. There's not even peace. It's a party. They're having fun. That's the thing. You know, the body was breaking down. They're in pain. It's not working. My mind's not working. You know, I had cancer. I had this. I broke my back. I died. Whatever. They are free of that. And for what it physically feels, if you ever want to try this experiment, I'll give you what it is. If you ever can go near the beach or a pool, try running in water and how that feels against you. That's how the spirit feels against the body. That's how, you know, the difference between running on land and running on water. That's how much this thing, this little suit we wear, weighs Mm -hmm. us down. Yeah, it's a suit. And so, and you know, from that moment, the receptor was switched on and occasionally it has come on and come on and, and little things happen and little things get shown. And, you know, like um, a quick one was that when his brother, my uncle died, my uncle was very gregarious. He was like Barney Rubble and kind of short guy, you know, same kind of thing, laughed at all his jokes, (laughs) same bit, very much Barney Rubble. So when he passed, it was a big deal, you know, because again, we're all at his house and we're at there for the little meeting, the wake, whatever it was. And we're all just like, gosh, I can't believe this guy is gone. And we were just in shock, you know, because he was just his personality. And then the lights went off. 
we heard the we heard the um, the the breaker trip, and the lights came back on with another snap, and the mood in the room totally lifted. And I knew right away that was him. I knew it. I'm like, yep. He's basically saying, I'm fine. Have fun. Have any of these experiences changed the way you thought about death? Oh, absolutely. There is no death. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's as simple as that. It's just, it continues. It just does. I no longer worry about it. I don't go running out and trying to do daredevil things. I don't, you know, I'm not remotely say suicide, you know, suicidal or anything like that, but I'm, it's an element that's not part of me. You know, it's a thing where I'm like, okay, you know, it'll all work out. You know, I even had, you know, I'll, I'll share, I had, you know, I had the colonoscopy, you know, the old, you know, you get a certain age in your life, you got to do these things. You know, the woman that went to go put me under, I thought to myself, she could kill me. She wanted to. <laughs> your life is in her hands. Yeah. My life is physically in her hands. I could have a reaction to the uh, propofol, which is known as dream cream, and I could die right here. And I thought to myself, hmm. I had good friends. I had a good family. I sent my prayers to God. And like, if I come up, okay, I come. If not, I'll wake up and we'll move on. But yeah, I just was like, okay. It's kind of, you know, lifted the, the fear off of me. Right. The most important thing. You talked a lot about your dad's death. How far apart was that from your mom's death? Was your mom after? Yeah, 14 years later. But there was all these little things that happened in between all of it. In a sense, uh, sometimes I'll get a euphoric feeling. My dad's sister, she passed away at 92. And I was at work and I found out about it. And I'll get this kind of tingly excitement, kind of like pick your favorite band. They've given you front row seats. You're going to fly with them on their, on their private jet. You're going to see five cities and stay at you know, five-star arrangements. It's that kind of woohoo you know excitement that's the other thing i'll get and i that's another sign to me to go all right they made it you know they made it they're back because um when my mother passed she um you know it's how things work out so basically for the most part we grew up in sarasota and we were visiting her and she was not getting around that well and and i just in my gut you know i was going to come back to orlando and i'm like i'm not leaving here without you that's just simple as that you know I'm not going to let you be in this house alone. And so I moved her up to my brother's house and it turned out four days later, she was in renal failure. So she would have died in the house by herself. So from there, she had to be on dialysis and all these sort of things. And so that was, you know, going through a process of someone who basically I'm lying to myself, trying to keep this person going, but I knew I was on borrowed time with her. And so Anytime she had a clear moment, she, you know, because of just medications and things and, you know, the body's not working the thing. She didn't have dementia, but she was, you know, some days were, you know, much better than others, you know, in that last parts of things, you know, I would make phone calls to her friends, you know, phone calls overseas. I made sure that people got to talk to her for every, you know, squeezed every bit of a moment out of it. I was very close to her. She and I were very much alike. In fact, years ago, I, you know, put her on Facebook and I set up her little account and, you know, she just, just went crazy with it. You know, every morning she'd text me, you know, and she, or give me a call. She's like, I see you. I see you on Facebook. I'm like, yes, we can message each other. So she would instant message me and all this stuff. She was a very, very um, strong outgoing, loving person. I mean, she'd be like, oh, Misty, Trish, like, oh, give me a, I can kiss you, I can I mean, she, that's what she is. She was one of those, very outgoing. So again, she passed when we were not around. We were like, you know, I'll see you later and, you know, we'll see you tomorrow morning. And she was, you know, luckily that night I was able to get in touch with her sister because it was, it was, you know, that was the last, other than us, the last person she talked to was her sister, but she died on May 7th of 2016. My dad, I can't remember which date it was. It was July 25th or something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head. But that one was really huge in the sense of what happened afterwards. Basically, she appeared to two other people outside the family. Uh, she appeared to a friend of ours who she knew, a friend of my brother's. And he's like, he goes, I had this feeling about your mother, a bit of dread and kind of nothing. She appeared to my sister-in-law, my uh, you know brother's wife up here, 
came to her in a quick dream where she said, I saw your mother. She smiled at me and turned around and, and walked away. Had a big smile on her face. And then to me, she hit me twice, knocked the wind out of me twice, which I was never had anything like that before and since. So people are thinking, man, this guy's got weird stories. I, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not here to be like, well, you know, I saw your dad and the thing, you know, and you ever smell flowers? No, you know, this stuff is, it was a very powerful thing. Like, you know, she hit me in the car when I was going to go basically, you know, view her body because she was in hospice. Um, I got the wind knocked out of me while driving. And of course I was very distraught of just what had happened. And then that night I had a very, you know, terrible night's sleep. You know, when somebody passes, you don't just sleep really easily. It's, you know, you are a wreck all night long and your, your eyeballs are dry. You're out of tears. You know, you're, it's just, I'm having this restless night's sleep. Suddenly just, it felt like, you know, your kids horsing around and someone lands on your stomach and you're like, <laughs> one of those <laughs> hit me like that. And their picture, I had a picture propped up on my night table, fell over. Later on, she would actually was able to, um, I could hear her voice and she would nudge at my feet. She's like, and, but the difference was her German accent was gone and, but it was her voice. And she's like, I see you, I, Rodney, I can touch you. I can touch you. She was having a ball. <laughs> she was loving every bit of this. And I was really tired. I'm like, mommy, I'm asleep. I'll talk to you later. Just let me sleep. Did she but, appear in any of your dreams, like your dad or? No, that's the thing is that she, again, she like, she likes Facebook. She likes pictures. You know, the thing is sometimes they will, in my, like what I've noticed my family, that they will use certain things. Like the next day I went on Facebook, a friend of mine, uh, him and his wife went out to dinner and they were eating a lobster. And of course, nowadays, for whatever reason, we have to take pictures of our food. This is what I'm eating. Great. My mother's, my mother's all-time favorite meal in the whole wide world is lobster. Okay. And that's the first image I see in my Facebook feed. You know, I feel sorry for lobsters because that poor woman, she would take three to four hours. And, you know, there was, it was, there was nothing left of that crustacean. We were falling asleep at the dinner table in restaurants. We go home. She's still, oh, this is good. I love my life. She's yeah. working on it, working on it, working on it. So you're saying yeah. this as a, this is a sign in a way yeah. that came to you. Cause that's where I think a lot of people struggle. They want signs. They don't have signs. And I, I do believe part of it is being open to receiving and recognizing them. Yeah, but the thing is, I'll, um, it's on the person's time frame. Both my brothers are not like I am. You know, I have a brother who's very involved in this church and, and Christian stuff. And, you know, and he believes me and, and everything else, but he's kind of like, he doesn't, you know, he's very kind of old school about it till one day he had a dream about my mother. And he got to hug her again. And he, and then from there, he's like, he goes, I get it now. I said, yeah, I'm, I mean, anything I'm telling you, I'm not trying to say what you're reading is false or what, nothing like that. This is like, I'm just trying to tell you this is real on that end. And it's kind of like trying to, for people to understand, it's like saying, it's like taking somebody who, um, you know, grew up in a, in a small little mountain village in the Andes mountain and dropping them off in the middle of Disney world. It's just a whole thing of sensory overload or whatever. They don't get it. They don't get it until it happens to them. Until basically. it happens to them. And my other brother is, is um, in the military and, you know, and he's sometimes they, they, for their training, they have to, they have to view, you know, cadavers and things. So he's always wanted to talk to me because I cheer him up and he calls me up one day and he's like, I get it. I get it. I get it now. I get it. I get it. It's a suit. I get it. I said, yeah. You know, they, these people pass is what they were in, what they wear. But to the other side, they are having a party, a reunion. Actually, the next day after my mother passed, it was, just, it was Sunday, it was Mother's Day. We went to church. There was a, found a church up the street. Again, I'm completely emotionally raw and beaten up. There was, you know, like like a group of 20 somethings. And these were like, you know, the 20 somethings had children, you know, they, they, they already were parents, you know, that kind of real young and everyone is dressed up and there's like 20 of them. 
and they got their little kids and their little dresses and their, you know little young little man's got his little bow tie. I mean, adorable. Everyone's you know churchy, you know, just dressed up nice and church like. And it hits me because one, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was actually seeing their glow, which was I've never seen that before and since. These people Wait, back were waiting. Mm-hmm. Explain that you were seeing what they were. These group of kids were radiating with with such happiness. It was. It was, they were, they had a glow about them and not just, just, you know, you say, oh, you have a glow about you. They actually were kind of glowing. Neat. It was really weird when I was, and I, and again, I'm, when I feel this stuff, I always do double checks. I get this, you know, mm, yeah. and then it dawns on me. Then the signal comes to my head of what this means. I'm like, oh, this is part of, they're having a, re, you know, she was having a reunion and they were laughing and carrying on and they laugh about everything, how people, how they died. I died of cancer. So did I imagine that, you know, it's just to them, it's nothing, but they are laughing and having fun. And that's why I keep saying, you know, I, you know, you know, rest in peace. No, there's no resting. They're having fun. Why, you know, if, if your body is breaking down and it's not doing well and you're sick and all these sort of things, what's the last thing you want to be doing? Taking a nap? No, you want to go off and go have fun and go explore the universe and talk to God or, you know, go, go see John Lennon, play his guitar. I mean, you want to, you know, do whatever that's on the other side, you know, and do things like that. These kind of experiences help me, you know, take the grief down. It, it, it never goes away. I mean, the grief is on our side. The celebration is on their side. That's kind of what it is. And for someone to grieve... You know, everyone's process is different. You know, it takes right, a while right. to get through it. And, ha- you know, some people do it quick and they move on and they're like, I got to move on. That's how I got to, you know. And in some people, it's, you know, it takes a while, like, you know, months, probably a couple of years. I think about them every day, every day. They yeah. never, they're never gone. They're never away. But every day I think about them. Did you get other signs from them besides the, the your mom hitting you and all that kind of stuff in the dreams? Yeah. One of them was I like doing um, photography, photo scanning kind of things. Like what I'll do is um, I do a thing for fun. I do the print versus the negative. Luckily, my family kept everything. So I'd find like, you know, the paper print and then I'm like, oh, we got the negative. I got a professional scanner. I can scan it. So I said to myself, boy, it'd be great if I found one of my mother of a negative, you know, which most of the stuff you know, is stuff that she had from Germany in early days of coming to America and all that sort of stuff. And it turns out she had a boyfriend and, and my mother used to model. She was a dress runway model in the garment center. But anyway, I happened to, f- I was thinking about it. Boy, I wish, I wish I had a negative. Sure enough. What do I find? A negative. I get to scan a negative. And so, yeah, it's like that. They'll, they'll, she'll find a way. They always do. I can't find something. You know, mommy, help me find this. Next thing you look under. Thank you. There it is. You know? <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. And you said this didn't happen to you prior to losing your dad. You had none of this. Nope. Did you not even of know of it or believe in it? Or tell me what Rodney was like prior to your dad. What's, what's little Rodney like? Well, little Rodney. I was all into, of course, Star Wars and comic books and, you know, sci-fi things and Indiana Jones, you name it. But, you know, the only thing that did happen in when my youth that was different was I was creating my own comic book character. I taught myself how to draw. I was came up with this guy, you know, and he, when he shoots lasers, whatever. And of course, he's got to have a secret identity. And I had a name. And I'm like, I kind of like this name, David Mahoney. I just like that last name, Mahoney. That's kind of cool, Mahoney, whatever. So my dad's like, oh, you know, it was this guy. I would say, well, his name's, you know, whatever, Fazar does these things, you know, and, and he's a secret identity. He's David Mahoney. Like, what? I said, Mahoney. What's his last name? Mahoney. He goes, huh. I said, well, what, what's the matter with that? He's like, well, that was, you know, his wife Margie's maiden name. I might have heard that, you know, over, over the years being small. But other than that, you know, that was the only thing I would kind of remember that might have been, now when I look back upon it, a little bit more connective. But other than that, no. I mean, it was standard stuff. Let's go, let's go play with the Star Wars figures. Let's, you know, let's go watch movies on VHS. And I had none of this stuff, none of it until my dad basically opened that door. And then from there, it, you know, stuff started to kind of happen. And my mother knows that it happens. And she was all excited. She's like, 
<laughs> oh, wait, got, was yeah. your mom aware? So she died 13 years later. Did she, did you talk with her about your contacts with your dad? I did. It, I did at one point. I did. Um, and so it was, you know, it was actually like three to four years before, before she passed. So she knew, but, but everything else before that, or any of the other kind of signs of things. No, I didn't tell her really much of any of that sort of stuff. Um, I just, you know, just kind of just, just didn't, it wasn't, a, it wasn't like I'm trying to, you know, hide anything. I just kind of just right. didn't. Cause a lot of times you're kind of going, am I, am I nuts? Is it yeah, me? Exactly. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, and I have had two outside validations of it. The first one was, again, I kind of like subjects like this spirits and Bigfoot and UFOs, you know, and all that fun stuff, you know, it's so I'm, to me, this is, it's fun stuff. So I was, you know, looking for something that, you know, that kind of just people that contacted the other side as well. So I can't remember the gentleman's name, but anyway, he was a, a psychiatrist, same sort of thing. His son was murdered and he got into automatic writing. So he says, and he goes, you know, I was doing one of my automatic writings where I just kind of let it go and do its thing. His son says, his son, I think his name was Logan. He says, um, I don't have eyes, but I see everything around me. <laughs> you know, when I heard that, I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, I mean, that shook me big time. And then also I saw a news story with a reporter who saw a, you know, somebody who can, whatever it is, kind of, you know, read palms or they talk to the dead kind of thing. As she was, you know, as she's interviewing this person, of course, this woman that was, she was talking to, could oh, you know, told me things that only I knew and all that sort of stuff. She mentioned the team. She goes, I have a bunch of spirits around me and I call them the team. And I was like, oh. that's my term. You can't. <laughs> you didn't so. trademark it. Right. <laughs> these are, these are, those are my, yeah, I told, I called you the team, you know? <laughs> so, right. so. Well, and that seeing all around you is often referred to also with that third eye, just as we, yeah, just as we can, we don't have to have our physical eyes to see when you dream or you close your eyes, you're not using physical eyes to see anything. Correct. But like I said, it keeps, for me, it keeps continuing. Other ones, like I got the euphoric feeling, which was uh, when my mother was in the, uh, wasn't really a nursing home. It was just more of a care home. She was always getting roommate du jour. You know, this person would leave and this person goes, you know, and she was constantly a different person next door. And of course, she kind of get to sort of know these people. And these people have all kinds of problems, you know, whether they're sick or they got memory issues. And she was next to this 92-year-old woman. And for whatever reason, I'd walk by and this woman's like, nobody likes you. I just want you to know nobody likes you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Right back at you. Thank you. You know, I'd be talking to my mom and she, why are you here? I'm talking to my mom, you know, that kind of thing. And of course, you know, they put on like, um, like me TV or, you know, like the, those sub channels you always have, they always play sitcoms, you know, like, yeah, like the yeah. worst, you don't get real TV, you get something that they barely can, you know, get in on, yeah. the, on, the, on mm-hmm. the rabbit ears. So the sitcom Reba was on. Now, I never got into Reba McIntyre at all. You know, she's got a sitcom, good for her, that kind of thing. And out of the blue, while that was on, on the show, they started to sing Ave Maria. And it literally, I went, oh, no, because that was my mother's, one of my mother and father's favorite songs. And I'm like, we don't got time left. They're going to come. They're they're here to pick her up. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, no. It turned out three days later, the roommate died. They picked her up. And so when I found out that woman was yelling at me, you know, (laughs) it died. I still giggle over it because it made me giggle because I started to get that euphoric feeling. And I'm like, you died. That's great. (laughs) But I don't mean it that way. I mean it as you made it home. Yeah. You're free of that physical. You're free of this thing. And she'll probably one day like, I know you. Yeah. And and thank God when you see what they go through with dementia, that there is an escape from that. Total escape. A total escape. I have another story that's not a friend and I'll keep everybody's names on the private, but I'll tell the experience here. I read this on Facebook where um, I had a high school friend uh, when I caught up with her at the reunion, the 20th re- reunion, she was battling cancer. She had cancer in her mid-20s, and she spent 15 years battling at this kind of thing. And she worked and raised her daughter and all kinds of stuff. 
you know, she eventually, you know, she passed and her husband put this story up basically kind of the way it goes. You know, his neighbor comes up to him and says, hey, listen, I got a couple of tickets for this big time country group. Uh, gets these, these tickets, you know, for the concert and decides to go with this person and they're really good seats. And of course, it turns out it's like, you know, one of his favorite bands and he's pretty close uh, where he's at. And there's a certain song, and I don't know the song, but it just hits him like a ton of bricks. And he goes, he goes, I'm bawling. And so the guitarist looks over at him, gives him a wink and a smile. And I think he threw him a pick or something like that. Saw the kind of shape that he, you know, he was all just teary eyed. And I'm like, like, dude, man, your wife totally put that together. I mean, that's, that's, come on, man. (laughs) You know, that's the thing. It's like, again, this is what kind of happens. You know, it just, they'll you know, do these sort of things, you know, other people, like I said, some people can, can, can take it. Some people kind of can't for the time being. Another one that happened to me, the euphoric feeling one, I was here at my apartment and there's a, there's, I'm into, I'm a big time Phil Collins, Genesis fan. And I was listening to a song off of the Genesis album. The song is called uh, since you've been gone. I think that's what it is. I've heard this song forever in a day. Doesn't hit me. Never does. Even when I first heard it, it's a very sad song. And um, it was written for Eric Clapton and his son, his son, Connor. Son Connor actually, as a four-year-old, fell out of a, uh, a window in New York and died. They were all friends with him. They decided to write a song for him. And they, they played it for him. And they, you know, they shed a bunch of tears. I've heard this song since 1992 when the album came out. It's never hit me. You know, it's just like, oh, you know, it's a sad song. And, and so when I was listening to it, I started to get, you know, teary-eyed. And I mean, I've heard this song. I've had this since 1991. I never get teary-eyed during this song. So I was like, what is this about? Well, man, I thought, well, maybe I'm thinking of my mother. You know, I'm thinking that's probably what it is. Yeah, it's called Since I Lost You. And, and some of the lyrics, you know, my, my hearts are in pieces, you know, you know, since since I lost you. It's a very sad song. Anyway, I start getting emotional over it. And I'm like, well, that's weird. You know, I mean, in a sense of, oh, my mother's been gone for four years. I mean, yeah, but, well, maybe it's her. And I, you know, went about my business, went to work. And got a, a group text, you know, from a friend whose mother died. I didn't process it then. And then later on the day, I it just I started thinking about the song and I was emotional. And then, you know, I'm like, wow, and then so-and-so's mother died. And then I started to get that feeling, and I'm like, oh, that was you. Got it. <laughs> you know. Are you now always sensing before someone, is that what you're telling us? Is you're sensing before someone passes or when they pass? I, no, I, I can't save your life. <laughs> you know, Misty, don't get on the plane. No, okay. I can't do that. No, but it's just like I said, it, it's a thing where it's. Uh, it's just a feeling you get, right? Like it's before. just, you know, I, I it's it's like being, you know, well, you know, Misty knows this from living in Florida. Maybe you may know this from being out in California. It's, it's kind of like picking up Cuba in the middle of the night you know, on, a, on an AM radio, <laughs> you know, it's like, you're not looking for it. And also it's like, you know, you know, you start hearing Spanish, like, oh, it must be Cuba, you know, that kind of thing. But it just comes when it comes. It, that's the thing. In fact, another thing that, that happened to me that was very profound, I'll say this, it was, it was pretty big. Um, I used to do, you know, um, improv comedy and I used to try to attempt to do stand-up comedy. Believe me, I failed at it plenty of times. It's okay. Okay. And so, so in Orlando, there's a great theater, in fact, where uh, Wayne Brady got his start, and it was SAC Theater. They started a stand-up comedy class. And so what I wanted to do was find out why things worked and why things didn't work. So I signed up for this class. Thank God it was on a Sunday night, because most nights I, I can't do it, because I, you know, I, I, I work nights in the middle of the week, you know, doing TV work, TV news. Right. So I usually don't have time. I sign up for this class, and it's a thing where I realize, okay, when it comes to this sort of thing, I have to work on it. I just can't do it off the cuff. I need to really kind of do my homework, practice, rehearse, you know, the whole thing. I broke the first cardinal rule of the class, which was don't do any open mic nights. Well, for me, SAC Theater is a very nice theater. It's got a set. It's got lights. It's got a great sound. And I'm like, I need to, I need to respect this room. I am not going to go up there and be cold. I, you know, yeah. the both of you know, rehearsals. Oh yeah. I'm not going up there, you know, without trying. 
So right. I went out and broke the rule and started doing open mic nights and failed. Oh, whoo. Good old oh, fashioned wow. brutality. Ooh, it was bad. <laughs> Knife twisting. Put yourself out there and being vulnerable. Oh, oh yeah. I, in fact, one night I got up on a stage, completely forgot the act. Completely. Like it was like an etch a sketch. Like someone came and whoop, just yanked it right off my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't remember anything. And I was done in 20 seconds. Complete, utter implosion. So, I, of course, I was, I was upset at myself. Like, you know, did you do your homework, Rod? No, I didn't. Oh, you got to rehearse. You got to, you know, you got to put the work in. Okay. So we finally get down to our graduation, so to speak. Famous quotes you can see in the. And it's a, you know, it's a showcase. They're like, invite your friends, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> after the last four things, I'm not inviting anybody, you know. <laughs> right, I just right. forget it. And I'm like, the way things are going, you know, I mean, I, and I actually prepared for it. I rehearsed at home. I went over it and over and, you know, retweaked and retweaked stuff and tweaked stuff, bought a new shirt, bought new pants, even bought new kind of show sneakers. I was kind of like, I'm taking this straight on, like I'm doing an HBO special. We're in the back in the green room and we have to go choose numbers. And I'm like, you know, the way things are going, I'm probably going to pick number one. Went into the hat, one. Okay. You know, here we go. I'll take the hit you know i'll do it so the guy running the class he he does his little kind of opening thing and you know jokes and whatever so as soon as i got up there out of the blue it just worked it just oh. all came together and went like bam i'm like why does this always always work it just did so i went to you know share this on facebook and i get to the phrase like you know my mother says you know we and here's the thing about being you know, a lot of folks, because uh, about like, you know, comedians, a lot of times they don't really share it with their family because, you know, you're really putting yourself out there. It could easily go wrong, that kind of thing. And it's kind of funny is that one day they find out that you're actually doing that. And they're like, you're, you're actually funny. Like, uh, not well, some, some well, uh, maybe uh, uh, whatever. Sure. <laughs> you know, but anyway, so they knew and they saw me a couple of times, my folks did. And, and thankfully, it worked when they saw it. Those were the kind of rare moments when it did. Plenty of times, like I said, it, you know, it's quiet nights up there and me testing out sound equipment. So I was relating this experience on Facebook. I'm writing about it. And I get to this thing I'm typing, which says, my mother used to say to me, you know, Rodney, let's go clown around. Let's go make people laugh together. You know, that's what she would say to me. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, mommy, we'll go do that, you know. And I start to get emotional. I'm in the newsroom in my TV station I'm working at. And I'm like, I got to get out of here. Because this is, you know, you start doing the old, you know, it's, it's, it's coming up. And I'm like, I got to, I got to go. You know? So, so as I'm walking out, I work for, you know, uh, a Fox station because on the, at the time, Bill O'Reilly was on. And he's doing the, the thing of, you know, war and Christmas, war and Christmas. Because this was at Christmas time and it's happened around Christmas, I should say. So I go out in the uh, parking lot. I'm by myself. I have it out. Let's put it that way. That the whole thing is it suddenly dawns on me that this whole thing was their thing. They did. They gave me a, they gave me a gift. So um, they meaning the team, my parents. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, so. I say to, you know, I say to God and Jesus, and I go, well, that probably wasn't you guys. There's no way. There's no way you can give me a sign because it was nighttime and it was cloudy. And I'm like, there's no way. And I beat you. There's no way. As I go to walk back inside, I see something on the ground. And I picked it up and I have it on my refrigerator. It's beaten up. It has run over multiple times. It's got dents on it everywhere. Not one piece of it is perfect. It's a little tiny metal cross. Oh, oh. yep. Amazing. And I knew. I knew. Yeah. What an amazing feeling, though, to get that. So, so it's like, you beat me again. <laughs> you know? they, they know That's when the they thing. need to show up. They know. Yeah, that's the point. 
You know, you know those signs are around people all the time and they all miss the them and they just yeah. miss them. And your your yeah. eyes are open, you know? Yeah. But, you know, again, it's it's not that I'm looking for it. That's the thing. You can't look for it. There are times I've said like, hey, you know, you want to come in my dreams tonight? I'm really open to it. Never show up. Yeah. They never show up. They show up when when it's poignant. They show up when it's needed or they will show up to let them know that they're around. You know, when it comes to, to signs and, you know, smells, if you want to talk about, you know, things like that, like, you know, you and I were talking a little bit earlier, but, um, you know, pictures like I can sometimes, not all the time, I can't just look at it, but feel a picture. I'll look over and um, you'll feel the smile. I don't know if I'm repeating myself here on what we've had, but uh, I was in Germany with my brother and my sister-in-law. We were visiting my aunt, who was my mom's sister. Um, so anyway, uh, my mother uh, as a German, East German um, girl, she fled from East Germany to West Germany. They had, to, they, had to, they had to go through all the Nazi stuff. And then the Russians came. It was not a, a good time at all. And uh, they went to a town called Tegensee. Now, Tegensee looks, it's in Bavaria. So it looks just like, you know, a, uh, um, a postcard. In fact, all of Southern Germany, Bavaria looks like a postcard. You look to the sky and it's in the sky. It says Germany. Welcome to Germany. It's a postcard. So, but anyway, that's where they fled to. And my aunt lives there now. She's in an old person's home. Um, seeing her again meant a lot. And she's got dementia and she knows English. She was actually one of the first um, uh, stewardess, international fl- uh, airline stewardess for Lufthansa when they started doing jet air flight back and forth to the U.S. She was one of the first group of women to do that. So she knows English and she knows us. But when you have dementia and she hasn't seen us in a, quite some time. You know, I literally was looking at her, holding, you know, holding her face, like looking at him, like, it's me, it's Rodney, you know, Nefa, nephew, Rodney. And she's looking and she's like, Rodney, Rodney, is that you? And so she came out of the fog and remembered oh, nice. us. Nice. Yeah, we were talking about my mom. She's like, oh, your mother was so warm. My mother was very warm. She was a lot of fun. And But anyway, upon visiting with her and getting drunk with her, <laughs> yeah, she's like, here's some wine. You're like. You know, I'm a lightweight, by the way. And it just, you know, just hits you. You know, like, It was great seeing her. But on our drive back with my brother and my sister-in-law, we were, um, we were staying at a five-star military resort. And we're in the middle of a field. And there's no flowers, nothing, just grass. And as we're driving, kind of giant waft. Just, you know, I'm in the back seat with the windows down. And poof, hits me in the face. This big, warm floral smell warm honeysuckle floral and i'm thinking that's probably my mother is that her favorite smell of the flower or no it turned out was my father ah because when i got back to the room um i had my laptop and the internet and everything you know we were never unplugged from the world really it's just that, you know, I had a beautiful view of the Juxpitze mountain, which is the tallest mountain in Germany, you know, the Alps there from my, you know, from my hotel room. The first thing that popped up when I opened up Facebook, there was a woman at, that um, my father used to teach her, you know, piano lessons. And there's a picture of him I never saw before. So, and I'm like, oh, that was him. That was him. That was him. You know, so, you know, like I said, they, they will, they will do what they do. And to anyone else that might be listening to these stories I'm, you know, telling is that in many ways, don't worry. Yes, it's okay to grieve. There's, again, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it, it, it comes in waves and, and it goes, but, but, where, but, but where they are, it's all good. You know, they're, they are part of the force. They're part of God, whatever you want to call it, the energy system, the heaven engine. Yes. You know? Yeah, you gotta let that in. You gotta let it in. Yeah, and again, they will only give you signs that you will understand. Only you will understand. Yeah, for me, it's like I've mentioned in a different episodes. Butterflies for my parents, different colors for each one. So I know that's they're there and saying I'm here with you. Don't worry, and that's what gives me peace. And calmness and know that they're okay as well. So, now, uh, now both your, your, both your parents have gone, correct? Am yes. I correct in this? Okay. Yeah. 
My yeah. mom passed away in 2012 and my dad passed away in 2019. So it's wow. very oh, recent it's for my recent. dad. I mean, you know, they, they, like I said, they may show up in a dream. They may use other things. They may use what I'm saying to you here and now. I know Trisha mm-hmm. wants more of what you're getting. So yeah, any, want... any secrets or <laughs> yeah. tips for her? For the dream part. I'm still waiting for that dream. I, I've been trying to meditate on it and still there's nothing yet. Here, here's a tip. Be patient. That's it. I mean, that's really it. You have to be patient. It'll happen when it happens. And it could be even a friend of, you know, like I had a friend, I goes, I saw your mother. It was like on an HD TV and it was super clear, but I saw your mother. Okay. And I took it that as she went through him to talk to, you know, say hi to me. You mentioned that earlier, Rodney, where you said a lot of people confirmed or validated that your mom was showing up to them. Were they all dreams or were any of them different than the dream? No, they were all dreams. To them, it was dreams. Me, it was physical. I have not had a dream of her. But for me, it was physical. But I knew it's her. I think in, in my case that you could tell I can take it, you know, where some people, oh, no, 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 no. But I can take it. You know, I think that's why a lot of times I get chosen for things right? because it's kind of like, well, you know, my, my daughter doesn't really believe it. Can you tell her, you know, or, you know, you know, you said you felt something or whatever. Uh, the one friend who, you know, when I was the, the friend whose mother I felt, uh, she put a picture up of her mother in a, in a garden, uh, a floral garden. And I looked at it right away. I'm like, you know, when she goes, that's where she'll meet her. That's exactly where she'll meet her. Where's That's mom at? Cool. Oh, she's over. Yeah. She's over there. In the garden. My aunt, I found a picture of her that I was trying to fix and restore. And my aunt was like in her twenties and in Canada. And it was a big kind of, you know, like she's looking out, but they took it around like sunset time, sunset time. So she's looking out and the sun is hitting her face. I think my grandpa, my grandfather took it, I think, cause he was into photography. That's where she is. I, that's where I'll find her if I ever you do, know, see her again. She, do, she's you, do you think your your mom and your aunt are together or have you seen anything like that? That I have not. But like I was saying before, after she passed, I did you know realize that she is having a reunion with her parents and her father and the family. They all kind of get together, but I've never seen them physically together. Mm-hmm. I think in some ways, who knows if they can do that? Probably could. And who says they, they couldn't? Yeah. And you mentioned something about Facebook. So did, was it your mom that came through on Facebook or anybody else come through technology? My mother comes through on Facebook. My father does, you know, he will like anything that my father was never on Facebook, but again, you know, um, you know, people, I found this picture of your, of your dad, or I found this picture of your mom or, you know, occasionally pictures get, um, Oh, I've got a doozy for you again. Thank God you keep asking me these questions because I start thinking of things I, you know, they want these things where I would hang up and be like, wait a minute, hold on. Yeah. I got one for you. I, I just re- just remembered another doozy. Oh, it's, yeah, this one is a doozy. But <laughs> so. Wow, we have so much to talk about. We're going to stop this one right here. That's right. Good idea. Tune in next week and we'll pick up where we left off. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at trisha.misty.tm at gmail.com. You can also go to our website, survivingdeathanddying.com, for links to the books we talk about. So please like, share, subscribe, and follow. Well, we did it again. We survived death and dying. Another episode. Because we believe life and love never dies.